Welcome to the UK Equestrian Podcast and today we're at Bramham Horse Trials. It's a wet and rainy day and we're here with Molly Sunderland who is competing in the under 25s. Uh, welcome Molly. Um, first off, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Um, so I'm 21 years old. Um, this is my first long format horse start this weekend. Um, I was based with Pippa Funnel um, for a couple of years and then I'm now set up on my own um, and wanting to do horses full time as my career, that would be my aim. <laughs> Brilliant. And um, would you like to tell us about your first experience with a horse if you can cash your mind back that far? <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the, the way I got into horses really um, was when I was about seven years old. Um, the primary school I went to, my group of friends, we all wanted to go to riding school together. <laughs> um, so yeah, we went off and did that every week and that's how I got into it really. Um, my parents don't know a great deal about horses. My dad isn't horsey at all. Um, so yeah, that was how I got into it. Just uh, going to riding school with my friends at school, I thought that would be good fun. So yeah. And you remember um, what happened? Was it memorable? I I think I did go when I was a bit younger than seven, but I don't think I liked it very much. Um, but yeah, when I started going with my school friends, it was really good fun, and I got into it doing it like that. Yeah. Were you involved in sort of gymkhana games? All the silly things you do at riding school. I that, I do remember there was one pony, Penny and she always used to buck and no one wanted to ride her so I always got put on the naughty one at riding school that was my job to ride the naughty pony um yeah it was it was great fun and it, I think it's important to just enjoy it when you're getting into it at a young age because if there's too much pressure um, and expectation then it takes the fun away from it. Having watched you though um, in those YouTube videos um, if you if you um, Google Molly and look up, look her up on YouTube, you'll find her riding when she was quite young. And you're very determined, though. Yeah. So sort of come from in, from anything particular made you that quite that determined? I'd say I've always been quite a determined person. In that, if there's something I want to achieve, I really put my mind to it. And also, this is a really expensive sport. Um, so if you don't have the best financial backing, shall we say? Then you have to be, you know, you have to work hard and and find a way through it. Um, and that's always been my struggle, really, is lack of horsepower, you know, lack of money behind me. So you know, I have had to work with some difficult horses and things over the years, and, and make them into good horses but I think that's what's given me good experience you know riding lots of different types and sharp horses and difficult ones it, it makes it easier on cross-country day when things aren't going quite right that you have to pick up the pieces and, and go from there. So what was the first horse that you actually have or the or a pony what was your first? My climb? first pony <laughs> was called Poppy and she was really naughty <laughs> really naughty to load actually um, so when I went out hunting and things, my parents used to have to drive and pick me up from the kennels and I had to hack back to the kennels with 
um, the hounds because I, they, we couldn't load her in the fields and things. So I had to stay out the whole day from what is it like <laughs> eleven until probably about half five um, on my little pony because we couldn't load her and go home halfway through the day. So I always came back muddy and hungry and <laughs> spent the whole day out. And, um, I remember one time we were trying to load her to go somewhere and she actually pushed my dad into a pond. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, you know, she had had quirks and things, yeah, but yeah, she was great. <laughs> so, how old were you then? Um, I think I was, I was nine. I basically had her on loan. Uh, and then my parents bought her without me knowing. And on my 10th birthday, I went outside and she had a big ribbon around her neck. So that was my first that, pony. Yeah. <laughs> it was that's great. A, that's the stuff of Yeah, I was, that, was, that was a very memorable birthday, that one going outside and getting my first pony. <laughs> Are your parents here with you today? Do they come with you to events? Yes, yeah, no, they're here. Um, and I've got my, my very good friend, Jo, here and my little sister, who's 12. She she does ride, um, but I think she's a very pretty girl. You know, she's different, she's different to me. She's into her fashion and her makeup and all of that. Um, whereas I was out, you know, playing in the garden at her age. So um, I think that generation with their iPhones and things go down different paths. <laughs> that generation, <laughs> yeah. that's very true. As you say, that generation. <laughs> Um, we're much, much older than Molly. Yeah. <laughs> because we do a podcast, we can hide behind the fact yeah. that we're not actually <laughs> visible on the screen. Thank goodness. Um, so, has your dad um, stuck with you despite being pushed into the pond? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, taken offense. you know, he, he has more of a fancy role now. Not that he was ever massively involved, so to speak, but um, he enjoys coming to watch, but he won't really. Um, even hold a horse if I ask him to. <laughs> so um, he enjoys watching. But yeah, when when I was younger, he used to drive the trailer around and come and watch a couple of my lessons and things. But he wouldn't really do that so much now. You know, he drives the lorry here, but that's kind of his job done for the week. Then he says, you know, he gets the lorry here and goes, well, well, I'm going to enjoy the event and my job's done now, <laughs> and leaves me to it. How about your mum? Mum is really sweet. You know, she wouldn't be the most knowledgeable person. Um, compared to other mums on the circuit, but she's so helpful and you know she knows how to tie a painter and muck out and things. So she she mucks in where she can and she's always at the finish when I um, get back from the cross country to help me wash them off and things. So yeah. She's... And do you have a groom? Um, I've got um, someone called Dave um, helping me here. He groomed me when I went to the Europeans last year, um, so he knows Charlie and I trust him. With him. Normally, I don't have a groom because I've only got one horse. Um, but Dave, but Dave was here and that was offered to help. So it means that I can focus on my job and then know that Charlie's being looked after, which I think it does make it does make a big difference when you have a groom. Um, and it's something that I, for the first time properly, I'd say I had to experience at the Europeans, and that was one of my biggest concerns going out there was that I was always the one that did everything with Charlie and. And the thought of kind of leaving him in the hands of someone else was a quite a daunting thing for me, really. Uh, but I've got used to it now, and I, it does make my life easier. I can concentrate on going out and walking the course and making sure that, you know, my head's in the right place to do the best job I can. And it's one less thing for me to worry about. Because mm. it is quite exhausting. I mean, even just walking the course. Even just walking around Bramham for a day yes. in the rain. You know, I, my, Unless you my get on a buggy. <laughs> 
that's what Fel was saying. Like we're, next year, we should we need to buggy. We should yeah. volunteer to drive the buggy around because I work in an office normally. So although I have I have a horse that I ride, I don't kind of uh, I'm nowhere near as fit as <laughs> most of the people here. Right. Um. So we were going to ask about competition and discipline in the level. I know you've already said a little bit about the Europeans. Do you want to just um, explain what it is you're doing today and what level um, you're competing at? I know you're an inventor, so I won't ask you to Yeah, so this is a four-star um, competition. Um, and then your Babingtons and your Birdies are five-star. And it's all changed this year. So this used to be called the three-star. It's now called the four-star. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to see see how he copes around here. And if it's a long way. The course is just under 11 minutes. Um, and the longest um, he's done before would be probably nine minutes or something like that. Um, so if he goes around here and he finishes well, I think he could... He could potentially do a five star and oh, wow. sort of see, see what I'm sat on. Yeah. That's really exciting, isn't it? Um, so when you say you went to the Europeans, what, what was that experience like? That was great fun and I actually went out with the best team of people, a really good bunch of guys that are you know, very good friends of mine. Um, that was yeah, in France, in Fontainebleau. Um, and the first time I've done a Europeans actually. And it was it was great fun from start to finish. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get to do anything other than horsey things when you were in France? Well, it was actually um, when was it football? I think maybe yes, um, of France won the football or something like that. <laughs> um, so they were having like a big party out there in all the streets. People were like, I mean, it's driving around in their cars. The screaming and running around and yeah, it was it was mental out there actually. <laughs> that atmosphere when they won, they just went crazy. And and the French team actually ended up winning the team um, competition in the venting as well. So I think they just had a great week. <laughs> Sounds like they were on a high. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to ask you how many horses, but you told us you, you just have the one that you travel with. But do you have yeah. more that are, um, that you're bringing on, or that you ride for other people, or that I have. Two young horses that I've bought in to sell, and um, so I'll produce them a little bit and then um, sell them on. I've also got in Germany out of Charlie's full sister. He'll be a yearling now, um, so I'm really excited for him. We're planning to keep him as a stallion. Um, so many people have asked, you know, was there any frozen semen from Charlie anywhere, or is he a stallion? Can we use him? In it? And I've always been gutted actually that he's a gelding. So, but, you know, to have this uh, stallion for the future, I'm very, very excited about him. You know, to have one related to Charlie is really exciting. Um, so tell us about uh, Charlie's personality. How long have you had Charlie? Um, I've had him since he was five. Um, I got him in the winter when he was five-year-old, um, and he was very naughty as a young horse. <laughs> um, we basically went over to Belgium for two days, and I probably saw best part of, oh God, 200 horses, something like that. Some places we went, there were four horses in a stable, and they'd just tell you the breeding, and you'd have to say, okay, pull that one out, pull that one out. So it was, it was very intense, and Charlie was actually the last horse that I tried. Um, I hadn't planned on trying him. I was there to ride another horse and was being nosy walking around the stables and uh, said, oh, what horse is that one? Can I try him? 
Um, so they rang the owner and yeah, let me try. And so he was the last horse I sat on. I actually nearly missed the Euro Tunnel back. I was riding him for so long. <laughs> what, what appealed to you about him? Why, why did you seek him out? Do you remember? I just loved his stamp, his model. You know, he's a beautiful horse. He's kind of basically dark bay black with four white socks. And he's just, yeah, I just saw him over the stable door and thought... <laughs> I want to try that one. <laughs> oh, wow, what a yeah. good choice. Wow. Yeah. So have you had some other horses before that that were um, potentially going to be this kind of level, or was this your main? No. Um, well, the, I did actually have um, a chestnut horse before him. Well, I, no, I got him after it, afterwards. Um, but, he, you know, he was lovely. Um, and I actually sold him on to George Spence. Um, he was at two star so new three star level when I sold him I would have loved to have kept him um, but when I was going to Pippa's I could only take one horse with me so it was really difficult that you know I, I cried actually the whole journey to Pippa's because I was very excited to go don't get me wrong but having to um, let go of one of my horses in order to go was really tough um, at the time because like every rider, my horses mean the world to me, and to, to sell one to, to take up that opportunity was the right thing to do. But it was it was really hard. Yeah. How has she got on with um, with the chestnut? What was the chestnut called? Um, he was called Blustering. His stable name was Watty. Um, she's actually sold him to an American now. Um, but yeah, she loved him. He, he's he's just a lovely horse. He was only fifteen three, I think, but very strong cross country. Um, so yeah, she we, she did a good job to hold him because he was very keen cross country. Quite small though. Yeah, yeah, he was only small, but um, he was a super horse owned by um, Ginny Wellings. He, um, he never stopped ice dancing, getting around badminton and birdies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he 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 was even smaller. Yeah, he was a super horse, and it's actually through him that I met. Pippa properly. Um, I was next to her at a prize giving um, on him. So, yeah, he kind of led me to Pippa, if you will. So, I have a lot to thank him for. Yeah. Um, so, what are your hopes for Charlie uh, or your hopes generally for the future? Um, it's hard to know because I need to kind of see how he copes around here. Um, if he does finish well or okay maybe he doesn't get the trip at this event but i i finish and i think it'll come in time um i'd like to do another long four star and maybe think about doing a five star on him um you know there's always that like the nation's cups and the erms all of that's very appealing to me as well so yeah in the big bad world of seniors now <laughs> and oh, i've got God. to up my game yeah. how, how old is he now he's 10 um so he's Still got quite a few more years um, to perfect to perfect his performance. <laughs> but you you can still do the under twenty five. Yes, yeah, yeah. I can. I've got I think maybe four years left of doing this class, um, which is really exciting. We are actually looking at um, maybe putting a syndicate together or something for Charlie, so that owners can come on board and and enjoy playing owner and watching him. And that also puts a bit of money back in the pot for me to hopefully buy a couple of nice young horses. That would be the, the aim, yeah. Do you know anybody else who's doing that kind of thing? Yeah, I think most riders have to do something along those lines. You know, we're all in a similar boat. No matter how much money you've got, it's a very expensive sport. Um, and it has to finance itself. Um, so you, you do need to look at options like that.
Um, so when I was going to ask you about the horse that stands out in your life, is that going to be Charlie, or do you have another horse in the past that you have um, that's been a major big influence? I'd say Charlie is my horse of a lifetime in that sense. Um, but I actually had a really naughty <laughs> chestnut pony, um, and he basically led me you know, onto all these great opportunities that I have now. So I have a lot to thank him for, really. Um, I didn't, I wasn't eventing for, I think, maybe a year, a year and a half, because I didn't really have any horses. And we, we bought him, for, I think it was like a, a grand and a half, or maybe something like that. Uh, not a lot of money at all. And um, he was really sharp and I think he maybe had a tricky start in life or something with the way that he, he was um, and it, I ended up jumping like 140 show jumping on him in like six months um, and actually through him we were introduced to our friends abroad and that's when we bought Charlie so actually that pony did lead me to Charlie and I do think everything happens in weird and wonderful ways mm. for a reason and even though I was at quite a low point uh when I had that pony in the sense that everyone else was out on the event circuit and I was missing out and didn't have any horses to ride but actually all of that built up to you know me getting Charlie so I think things have a way of guiding you in life yeah. definitely. It's amazing how that happens isn't it? How yeah. the most unlikely connections yeah, definitely. lead to things that change your life. Um, how about the most influential person in your life? I'd have to say Pip for that, Pippa Bunny. Um, having spent a couple of years with her um, and seeing the way that she works with the horses, and she's still very involved in my life now, really. Um, you know, I always feel I can pick up the phone to her and talk to her about any worries and things that I have. So she's been a real kind of um, rock to me, shall we say. Yeah, it's always great. there. That's great, isn't it, to have a mentor like that? Definitely. It, it is really important for me because, you know, not coming from particularly horsey parents either, I've latched that knowledge around me. Um, so to have her there to go to is, is great and it takes a lot of pressure off me knowing that I've got somebody fighting my corner and <laughs> there to give me advice. Are there any other trainers that you like to ride with or that you kind of recommend at all? Any that I'd like to train with? Yeah. Um, I've always thought really highly of Ingrid Klimper. Um, I'd like to have a lesson with her one day. I just love the, you know, her horsemanship and the way that she looks like she trains at home and things. I've always found really interesting. And probably um, Carl Hester, I would quite like to have ride with him or, or Charlotte um, have their input. They would be two trainers that I think a lot of. <laughs> How about a horse, uh, either existing now or from history, that you'd, that you'd really like to have a bit on? I love um, Tom Carlyle's horse, Upsilon. It's yeah. a grey stallion. Um, <coughs> it hasn't been on the circuit for various reasons this year. Um, but that's a serious horse. He's done quite a lot of ERMs on that. Um, and it, it's just an amazing mover, a super jumper. Just my my stamp to a T. I like my flashy horses. Yeah. And <laughs> that would be him, yeah. Really? 
you spend uh, a lot of time looking at them, so you yes. might as well have one you yeah. enjoy looking at. I think at. everyone has their own stamp and type yeah. that they like, and for me, I love these rangy dressage types, and that, yeah, he's just beautiful, that horse, if you see him. Yeah. Is there any horse from the past? Him. Have you seen him? Is there a horse from the past that you would like to... Uh, have a ride on Ooh, um, I don't know really because I've only really started to, to look at other horses in that sense now that I'm going to these nice bigger shows I get to see them out and about more whereas when you're going to little local events and things you know the top horses don't tend to really be going to those so since I've started coming to these, there's a few horses that always catch my eye and I think that are you know, really nice. Laura Collett's got a couple of really nice horses. I really like her horses and things. Um, yeah, there's lots of nice horses on the circuit at this level. <laughs> Very um, nice. <laughs> yeah. We're all jealous. Very expensive horses. <laughs> um, so my final question, but then we can go on and, and chat about anything else that you want to talk about, um, is about um, your greatest equestrian achievement so far. Gosh. Um, I'd probably say that was this year uh, at, at Belton in the Grantham Cup, who was third in the four-star then. That would probably be my career best. Um, achievement, if you will. Um, that was a great day and very unexpected. You know, it was the first four star of the, the year, and I just went there to gain more experience at the level and actually didn't ever expect to come third in a field that strong. Um, oh, yeah, it was a great who, day. That who was one. Um, Tom McEwen won. Um, and yeah, to be, to be third there was, um, it, it makes it worth it for all your home team putting so much effort behind the scenes and yeah it was it was great to get the result there um i think sal was gonna um, butt in if you don't mind and ask you a little bit about um what you think about the course because i'm not i'm not an expert yeah ha having walked it how many times have you walked it so i've far? walked it twice <laughs> um yeah it's it's a very long way round. Um, and actually, my horse is a very genuine cross-country, as you probably saw at Jackson. Um, so actually, my biggest concern is, will he get to seven, eight minutes and really be feeling the distance? Um, I know he's got the speed, but it's speed and stamina. And that's and a whole hilly. different... Yes, exactly. And, you know, after the second water, you've got that real um, pull... I don't know if you've seen it. There's a real, the yeah. Um, so I think for me, the biggest test in itself will actually be the, the distance. Yeah, the endurance Yeah, part. definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong, the jumps are serious and there's plenty yeah. to be jumped out there. You know, they've built a new coffin, um, which is very kind of steep down to it yeah. and steep back up. Um, you know, there's some serious um, water. The first water, you've got a big log in there. You know, I'll have to ride quite strong into that water. Would you say he was um, a bit dubious about water? Um, no, there's nothing in particular that he really speaks at or has a problem with. I always do have to ride quite strong into water with him um, just because he can jump back at you a bit. Yeah. When you jump in, he's not one that kind of leaps in. No. He lands quite short, you know, when he yeah. jumps in and things. So I will have to ride plenty strong enough in. Um, but he's very easy to turn and he's not strong. He'd be a horse you have to kick around, which right. is nice in that he's not pulling your arms out and it makes the turning really easy. But 
that's not pulling you into when, the fence always. It, when the course is that long, to be yeah. kicking them the whole way around is hard. It was nice actually tomorrow if he does give me a bit of a pull yeah. around because I know he'll be feeling well and you know make the distance if he actually goes on his own a bit as well. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. We were discussing that number five where we couldn't work out how you, how in, how you could possibly. Get over the first time, first part. Number four. Is it part four or five? With, you have with the like features in between, you have like the triple bar that, that wooden was four. Was it four? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that looks quite tricky. Um, yeah, there's a lot for them to look at there. You basically have all these hedge artwork features, yeah. don't you, <laughs> in between um, two fences on a right angle turn, and you have to land and turn between them and then jump the second element. Okay. Um, yeah, I think you'll have to bring them back a bit there to, to get, probably, I'll ha try and have a nice five strides there rather than kind of gunning on the four, um, because I think it'll make the turn after the fence a little bit easier to then get back down the alley um, and on with the course. I mean, uh, you can always say what strides you'd like, but when you get out there, <laughs> things, you, you know, yeah, have yeah, to ride off and <laughs> things change, but <laughs> that would be my plan A. <laughs> and how about the dressage that you did? Uh, yesterday, I mean, you got a really good score on the dressage. How, how did you feel he went? He... he was super. He behaved really well. The atmosphere didn't really get to him. Um, he was a little bit bright at Chatsworth, so I wanted to make sure that I kind of got him back where I wanted him coming here. So I gave him quite a bit of work for his test. Um, and he behaved super. The mark, I think people might expect a horse as lovely as Charlie to be doing a better test than that. And he has got 25 at this level, so to do a 32 is maybe a little bit off the mark where he's capable of being. But I actually walked the cross-country before my dressage, and it was great because I I came up with so much perspective that this is not a dressage competition, that there's a lot to be jumped on Saturday. And, you know, 0 0.2, 0 0.3 here or there is really irrelevant, I think. Um, you know, it's my first time at this level, and all I want to do is you know, get around that cross country and finish with a sound horse and yeah, that's my priority and it put it put that into perspective for me when I came out with my dressage, you know, I was happy, he behaved himself, that's all you can ask really. Yeah. Well but to be in the top ten after the dressage is good. quite a good strong position. Yeah, it's a good start. I mean it's not the biggest class in the world, there's not loads no. of us in it, but the, I think the standard of riders in it is really high. You know, there's so many talented young riders coming up now, I think. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a really exciting class to be at because you know there aren't many people that can get a horse to this level under 25. You know, it doesn't. It is hard um, to do. So to have a horse here for this class is really exciting. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realise the actual hard slog. Yes. They, they sort of see the three-day event and think, oh, it's glamorous, and all yeah. you've got to do is sort of turn up and swan off in the dress, yeah. have a hooli around the cross-country, and it's all lovely. Yeah, there's so but much. they don't see the know, hours of 90% of it is done at home. Yeah. <laughs> Wrapped up to the eyeballs, the horse in an exercise sheet, and yeah. huddled down, <laughs> yes, doing exactly. slow road work in January. It's not, it's not too bad that we're having this rain, because... You know, I think the ground out there can take it, and it'll it'll do the ground right, good. Sandy soil. 
Um, but yeah, it's not nice to work in all this rain, no, that's no, for sure. No. <laughs> so it's been quite nice not doing anything today. I've just managed to avoid the rain most of the day, which is great. <laughs> which is lucky. Yeah, great. I mean, the ground has been so hard that these few days of rain are going to definitely help soften it a little bit as long yeah. as it doesn't make it too slippy on the top. Yeah, definitely. Right, well, we're going to wrap up now, but um, I just wanted to ask you if there's anything else you'd like to say or tell us about, like, are you, do you offer training? Is there anything you want to kind of promote? Because um, we usually promote at the end of the podcast and we'll do a bit of promotion for yeah. you and link to your website so people know you're out there and what yeah. you're doing. Um, well, yeah, I, I'm happy to teach people if anyone wants any lessons or anything like that. I'm really looking for anyone that wants to be involved in the sport as an owner, um, even if it's, you know, just being part of a syndicate so that they just put a real small chunk of money in, um, but then just get the enjoyment of the sport to, to build a team around me of people that want to come and watch and support me and be involved with the horses. So anyone that's interested in being an owner and coming and being part of the team, um, that's yeah something we really want to try and promote and, and see if people want to do that. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for talking to us today and all the best for tomorrow. Thank you. Fingers (laughs) crossed. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks very much.